to her childhood. So we give God all the glory and honor. Are y'all ready for the word today? I'm ready for the word today. Glory to God. I'm always ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, ready, ready. Here we go. We're going to make the declaration. We're going to jump right in, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, to open into prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall raise up, the, they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the form of desolation. And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we thank God and praise you right now in the name of Jesus for this time in your word. I thank you. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Satan, we counsel every assignment, every plot, every scheme, every trick, every distraction. We bind your hands in the name of Jesus. We bind you in the earth. Therefore, you are bound in heaven. You, we counsel every assignment that you had scheduled against God's people this day. You will cease in your maneuvers and you will desist in your operations. And you will do it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we believe, hallelujah, that the word of God will go forth this morning with miracle signs and wonders to follow. We declare, Father God, as a result of the word today, the lives will be changed. You'll wash in that fear, doubt, unbelief rebellion right out of our heads out of our hearts right now in the name of jesus we make the great exchange with you this morning father god in the name of jesus all of you and none of me i decrease that you may increase and it's in your son christ jesus name we pray with thanksgiving let us all say amen, amen. now the word of the lord this morning is this he says don't be so caught up in information that you miss god's revelation don't be so caught up in information that you miss God's revelation. He says, the world's facts will never supersede God's truth. The world's facts will never supersede God's truth. He said, the economy of this world has no impact on the economy of heaven. So I ask you again, whose report will you believe and whose report will you receive? He says, but this is the, I answered this. We will receive the reporter of the Lord. He says this. He said this this morning at 1 a.m. He says, whatever is on the head will flow down to the body. But only if you stay under the same spout. So whatever's on the head will flow down to the body. And he says, but only if you stay under the same spout. If the oil is running down on the head, but you're not under the same spout, you can't receive the blessings, the grace and anointing that's flowing down from the head onto the body. Yesterday we was in an ordination service. And in the ordination service, what they do is they pour the oil over you. And when they pour the oil over you, it pours all the way, they pour it over your head and it pours down, and as they're pouring, it'll go from your head to your neck, to your shoulders, to your chest, to your arms, all the way down. 
But how many people know that if they was to disconnect the head from the body, the only thing that would, be, would have been anointed was the head. Or if they try to move away, put their head out there and, leave, and move the body out of the way, how many people know that the body wouldn't have got the same amount of oil as the head? Jesus only got what the father had. The church got what Jesus had. The local church gets whatever the head has. Like we have an anointing as apostles. Guess what? That same apostolic anointing rests on you. We have anointing, we have graces to be, to lay hands on the sick and they shall record. That same thing op will operate in you. Only, but only if you stay under the same sprout. It's kind of like getting in the, cutting the shower on. Anybody ever cut the shower on before y'all get in the shower? Y'all cut the shower on and everything, let the water get under. And then you stand outside of the shower next to the sink. How many people know you're not going to get any water on you standing next to the sink? He said it's the same way. If, you're, if your head is getting one thing and you as the body are standing next to the sink. Like, I don't know why my life is not blessed. I don't know why I got all these situations in service. I don't know why all this stuff is happening. And he says, I'm telling you today, I pour the oil down from the head to go on to the body. That's why as, a, as, a, as an apostle or a pastor or a teacher or evangelist or prophet, you got, that's why you got to monitor what's going on in your life because whatever is coming off the head trickles down to the body. That's why you just can't put anybody up in your pulpit because whatever's on them will trickle down off and, and begin to, and they will ooze that stuff out onto the people. And you can't do that. That's dangerous. So he, he says, so he says, so I'm telling you, stay in position and don't allow yourselves to be pulled to the right or to the left, but be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the works of the Lord, says the spirit of grace. Now, the father told me to remind you of this. In accordance to Proverbs chapter three, verse 11 says this, who, he says, my son, do not reject the discipline or chastisement of the Lord or loathe his reproof for whom the Lord loves, whom the Lord loves he reproves or chastens or corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. So the father told me to tell you this. He says, start this message out this morning. He says, I need you to tell my people who I love, I chastise. But if you only look at chastisement from the world's definition, or if you only look at it from your American or Western definition, you will misinterpret what that word means. That word chastisement means whom I love, I warn. Who I love, I give instruction. Whom I love, I correct. And whom I love, I correct their doctrine. So who God loves, he corrects. Who he loves, he gives instructions. Who he loves, he warns. Who he loves, he directs them in the way that they should go. Why? Because he loves them. Just like a natural parent, you don't sit up, you don't tell your kids, 
hey, cut that TV off and, and, and put that phone off and get off that social media and everything. Do you know that social media is one of the number one causes of depression? Do you know that social media is also the number one cause of people getting off into uh, having suicidal thoughts? Do you know that social media is also the number one that is causing young ladies to become promiscuous before their time? Doing stuff on social media, sexting and all that other good stuff, putting it all out there for the world to see. And even when you think you deleted it, somebody has a copy of it. So you see stuff on social media and you try to adjust your life to meet what's on social media. Newsflash, what you see is a highlight reel. Highlight reel is the high parts of their life. You don't see all the other mess that's going on behind the scenes. So whom the so when a, when a parent is telling you, hey, I need you to get off that social media and you get upset, you can be upset all you mad, all you want, but they're trying to save your life. My parents, I used to think my parents were square pegs when I was growing up, because you know, I told you I grew up as a pastor's son, and we had cable. So, you know, cable, nobody, everybody, you know, if you had cable, they thought you was rich, but you had cable, you had all these access to all these other channels that most people didn't have. So you look at the cable and everything, and you can see some stuff on cable, like, God damn, you need therapy after some of the stuff you've seen on cable. Well, I didn't understand why my parents didn't want us to be exposed to all that until I got grown and I understood why. And, and, and it's from a biblical standpoint, because whatever you allow to go into your eyes, whatever you allow to go into your ears, music-wise, movies-wise, clips-wise, TikTok-wise, and all that other crazy stuff, guess what it's going to do? It's going to go into your heart. And that's for the young heads. For you old heads, all that blogging you be reading, all those doc, all, all that YouTube and you be taking in, and all, the, all, all those conspiracy theory stuff that you be watching and everything, it's the same thing. It's just different information. So he says, I'm telling you, I'm warning you, I'm giving you correction. I'm trying to, I'm, because I love you, I'm trying to direct you. Because I love you, I'm trying to protect you. Because I love you, because I love you, because I love you. And parents, you don't do your kids any favor if you're trying to be their friend. You need to be their parent. When they're in your house, you can tell them what to do. When they ain't in your house, you can give them information, but ultimately they got to make their own decisions. But the one thing you can't do is stop praying for them. And the other thing you can't do is stop being an example for them. Because the moment you stop being an example, it don't matter what you said out your mouth. Hello, can I get one amen in this Presbyterian church? If you stop being an example before them, guess what? It doesn't matter what you say. Don't do that. And they see you doing it. Don't say that. And they see you say, it. don't lie. You lying all the time. I told, <laughs> father told me one day, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, if you do that, well, anybody, I know none of y'all ever did this, but if you do that one more time that I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and then you don't do it, guess what you are? You're lying. I had God tell me that, but stop lying. What? You said if they did that one more time, you was going to do X, Y, Z. 
and you did not do it. Guess what you are doing? You're lying. Father, I repent. I, 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 whoa. He says, if you say it, then you do it. All that, ah, I'm mad at you. Ah, I hate you. Ah, I don't care nothing about that. You still gonna do what I told you to do up in here, up in here. Why? Because they know if I stay on that same road, I'm gonna jump off the cliff and I don't even know it. So who the Lord, so as a pastor, as an apostle, I'm gonna tell you right now, and I see y'all like, like kids, even though most of y'all are older than me. And my responsibility as God's mouthpiece is if I see people about to jump off the cliff, if he sees people about to jump off the cliff, whether you about to jump off the cliff in the house or whether you about to jump off the cliff in your own house, he says we have a responsibility as his mouthpiece to do what the father says. Warn and sound the alarm. I was an angry kid, but my parents loved the fool off of me. And even in all my anger, Rita, can I tell you something? My mama, when y'all see my mama when she comes, my mama's about that tall. Uh, don't play with that woman because Bonico is in there. And she'll tell you, I'll get with you. She loved the fool off of me. And how does she do it? Her and my dad use words. Sometimes they use punishment. You ever, I remember when your parents ever say this, I'm doing this because I love you. Then love me a little less than partner. But because I love you, I'm going to correct you and show you the way that you should go. And then I'm going to set, I'm a, I'm a parent in 101. Kids, I'm going to show this to y'all 101. This is how it works. God sets the standard here. If you don't come meet that standard, God give you instruction and correction to readjust your way of thinking. If you stay below that standard and discipline and, and, and punishment comes, our judgment comes as a result of you not doing what meeting the standard. Who, 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 whose fault was that? When God already told you how to do it but you made a decision to do something else. Hello, mama, it's your fault cause, cause your rules are unreasonable. No, I'm trying to save your life. So God told me to tell you the same thing. If you go back and listen to the messages that we've been talking about over love and love and love and love and love, why? Because he's trying to tell you, I'm trying to get you off of that path because the path that you on right now has an end game, and the end game is not good for you. So Father told me to tell you who he loves, he chastens, he corrects, he warns, he warns, he warns. So he's blowing the trumpet, hello, and you're like, I ain't got time, Lord, don't you see me, I'm working on something. Okay, God told me over the last few weeks, we've been talking about how God says, my people are destroyed, or they become dumb, or silent to the point. To, hence to fail or to perish because of their lack of knowledge. It's not because it's not available to them, but they made a decision. I ain't trying to hear that. I know when y'all wasn't growing up and everything, none of y'all ever did it. I mean, none of y'all. I must have been the only one who told my parents, you know, I heard what you said, but man, I got this. Y'all got it all right. 
I can tell you about the time I ran away from home. Yeah, you know, I ran away from home my senior year. My mama, my mama told me to do something, and, and I doubt I did it. But then she didn't think I did it the right way and everything, and she said something to bring correction. And I, with my little smart self, because I only had a few months left before I graduated high school, I said something back. Wrong move. My mother, my mother, I think I, I hadn't even got the words out of my mouth yet, and her hand was already coming. Right. I mean, I, she snapped like, poosh, I mean, like a ninja didn't have nothing on my mom. Anyway, she she popped me. I'm like, oh, heck no. I'm out of here. That's what I told her. I'm out of here. I'm out of this piece. She's like, oh, okay. you, you still going to do what I told you. Oh, I'm out of this piece. I call my boy in another state, not even another city, another state. Look, dude, I need to come crash at your house for such and such and everything and I'll roll in. I, I mean, I had a plan because I only had a few months before I graduated high school anyway. So I put this plan together because I was working at the time. Put this plan together. I'm gonna run away, that's it. That's the, that was my thought, that was the answer. So I planned that I got paid on Friday. So I had all my bags and stuff packed. So what I was going to do, I'd already called. I had it planned out. I had the cab. This is going to meet me around the corner. Can you come to my house? Because my mama would know I was running away. Uh, and then I had the cab around the corner from my house and everything. So the cab driver met me around the corner at the house, around the corner. I had my suitcase and everything with me. Man, when I ran, when I was going to run away and everything, I was getting ready to walk out that door. And I was, I was at the door. And my mama said to me, if you walk out that house, I'm going to call the police on you. Because to run away is against the law as a youth. You know what I said? Am I smelling myself a little bit? I, go for it. Why did I say that? Why that woman? She called the police on me for real. I made it, I was in the cab. I made it all the way to the Greyhound bus station. I had my school jacket on. I had my name on the back and everything. And I saw the police come in. I watched one too many TV shows. Cause you know what I did? I slid my jacket off. Cause I knew that was the identifying thing. And he walked over to me. He said, Milton Jones. I was like, mm-mm. He says, Mr. Jones, some people are looking for you. This is what I said. Jay don't care nothing about me. He's like, I have to take you back home because they, they called because they was concerned about you. So they took me and put me in the police car, Avery, in the back seat behind where all those other drunks and stuff were sitting at, behind that glass. They didn't put no shackles on me, but they put me in it. And, and they said, this is what they said to me. If she calls again, you going to jail because it's illegal to run away. So I got back home. Now I'm even more mad. You think that stopped me? You think that stopped me? Wait till they leave. I'm gone again. You know what she said? And I'll call the police on you again. What happened, Rita? She never wavered, no matter what I said. She never wavered. Can I tell you something? God doesn't waver. His word is the same. 
no matter what. You may waver. He never wavers. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. And parents, you do your kids a disservice if you keep wavering, keep wavering, keep wavering, because guess what? They don't know the standard. God's standard remains the same no matter what. You could be throwing a fit. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You know what God says? I love you. I love you. I love you. He never wavers. Needless to say, I didn't, I didn't leave out. The, I mean, I, I, I thought about walking out the house again. But as I was walking down the sidewalk, I remember what that police officer said. If we come back, you are going to jail. To this day, my mother still chuckles about this. She says, so, and this is what she says. You still want me to go for it? I'm like, you, you got jokes now, huh? You got jokes. So if you think you've ever done anything crazy, man, your boy got you topped. God told me to tell you, his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He says, not because knowledge is not being made available to you, but because you're rejecting the very knowledge that's being made available to you. God asked, asked a question last week. Are you being led? We talked about this last week. Are you being led? Romans chapter 8, verse 14 talks about for for, who, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We talked about that word son is a hui, which means you, you share the characteristics. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God and have God's characteristics. We talked about the nature of God last week in accordance to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. I'm just doing a quick review and then we're going to jump where we need to jump. It talks about how he says, First John 4, 7, you want to talk about God. What is God? He says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Why? Because the one who does not love does not know God. And why don't they know God? Because God is love. So as many as are led by the spirit of love, they have become the sons of love. As many as who are led by the spirit of love have become the sons of love, not the world's definition of love. Love is not a suggestion. Love is a commandment. We are commanded to love. I can't love like that. Well, if you're a born again believer, yes, you can. You want to know why? Because when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you got a download of the love of God on the inside of you. You can love the even unseemly unlovable. Any any y'all ever been unlovable? If you don't if you don't think you ever been unlovable, ask a couple of your family members. They can remind you when you wasn't lovable. Love is a command. Love is a command. Uh, the Father shared this with me. He says the greatest commandment is to love first, to love God first, and and the second is to love others. For unless you love God first, it will make it impossible for you to love others like he loves you. So if you don't love God first, it will make it almost impossible for you to love others like he's loved you. Why? Because you won't know what love is. Not real love. Not that, not that feeling, ooh, you, I love you, I love you too. I tell people who are got to get married, love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener. 
You think people stay to no love is blind, but marriage is an eye opener. Meaning that all those ooey gooey, hoo hoo hoo, you so cute stuff that's cute in the beginning, after a little while, you start getting on your last good nerve. But people stay together and they stay together. It's a commitment. Love is an action. Love is not a feeling. You, he says this. He says, the, he says, you can't trust others until you learn how to trust God. He says, you can't even trust others until you learn how to trust God. He says, you won't submit to others until you begin to submit to God. Y'all see the first, first things first? If you don't love God first, it'll make it hard for you to love others. If you don't trust God first, you won't know how to trust others. If you don't submit to God, you will never submit to another man or woman, no matter who it is. It could be your favorite person. They are going to say something you don't like. And what's going to happen? Mm, the Lord is leading me to go. Oh, no, it ain't the Lord. That's your pride. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 says this. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and your mind. He says, this is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law. So if you want to sum up the whole law, and two commandments, love God, love others. Love God, love others. On, he says, on this, hang all the laws and the prophets. You can have all the faith that you want and don't have love. It's not going to work. You can have all these wonderful miracles and all that. that you, you can have all that stuff, but don't have love, and it, and it doesn't matter. He goes on to say, in accordance to 1 John chapter 3, he says this, verse 16 says, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with words or with tongue, but indeed and truth beloved if our heart does not condemn us we have confidence before god and whatever we ask we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight what's his commandment love god love people love god love people in case you didn't get it i know hold your little self still this is the, his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Y'all seeing the theme here? The one who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. We know by this that we abide, that he abides in us. We know by this that he abides in us by the spirit of whom he has given us. How do we know that? When we believe in the name of the son, Jesus Christ, and we love one another just as he commanded us. 
So if you don't, you, you can't have one without the other. When you receive, when you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the son of Jesus Christ, the love of God is deposited into your spirit. Galatians chapter five talks about the fruit of the spirit, not the fruits, but the fruit of the spirit. The first one is love. The joy, the faith, the peace, the gentleness, goodness, meekness, uh, all that is a result of love. It's a result of love. Galatians chapter five. What you say, show it to you. All right. Turn over to Galatians chapter five. Whom the father loves, he corrects. He warns, he's chasing. He corrects. Galatians chapter five, verse 22 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Where is all those? Where is all that fruit at right now? It's on the inside of you, right now. If you're born again, well, why don't I see? all this fruit that's on the inside of me because you have to cultivate it. Another word means you have to develop it. You only develop love in situations where people seemingly are unlovable. But you can practice. Practice with the people in your, in your own household. Trust me, they're gonna give you opportunity to practice your love walk daily. Daily. But you have to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to love the fool right off of them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. I don't care what they say. I'm going to love them. I don't care what they do. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. I've already made a decision in my heart. See, not in your head, in your heart. I make a hard decision to walk in love. I make a heart decision to walk in love. If you're going to have an opportunity to do that. You're asking, why are you spending this time on a Sunday morning to, to share all this? Because if I was to give this message a title, the message is, the title of this message will be, this is the purge. What's been going on over the last few weeks is to purge. Purge what? All that bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness out of your heart. All that stank stuff that has been in your heart and everything that you've carried around for years and days and weeks and months and everything. The father says, you, I got to get all that out of you, and then I'm going to tell you why. I'm about to tell you why. Why does he have to purge? That word purge means to clean, I clear up, or purify. Why does he have to clean us up, purify, and uh, uh, clear is because of this. Jesus says this in John chapter 15, verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he, the father, takes it away, and every branch that bears fruit, he, talking about the father, purges it, cleans it, clears it, purifies it. Why does he do that? That the branch may bring forth more fruit. So why is God spending all this time over the last 
few weeks and months and years to try to clean all that doubt, fear, unbelief, hatred, bitterness, resentfulness, all that stuff out of your heart because he desires to bring forth more fruit. But if you won't let him, he'll just take it out of the way. But if you allow him to purge you, cleanse you, purify you, what will happen? You will bring forth more fruit. Now, are you clean through the word which Jesus says, I have spoken unto you? Jesus said this, abide in me and I abide in you. As the branch, you are the branch, cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine. So you can't, you can't produce fruit in your own strength. The only way you're going to produce the fruit, fruits of the spirit and produce, producing the fruits of souls is by abiding in the vine. Who is the vine? Jesus. Who's the husband? God the father who is love. So whatever is in the, is in the, is in the vine flows to the branch. Whatever is in the branch is supposed to flow out to others. What's in Jesus? Love. What's in God? Love. What's in you? Love. As the branch cannot bear fruit on us of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. That's what Jesus said, not me. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides, lives in, takes up residence in me, he says, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. So if you're not producing fruit, then that means you might be disconnected, disconnecting yourself from the vine. You do not produce fruit just because you do a whole bunch of works. That's not producing fruit. That's just a whole bunch of works. And people don't want to hear that. Well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this. But are you doing it according to what the vine directed you to do? If you're not, you're just doing a bunch of works. It looks good on a, on a resume, but in reality, it, 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 you're producing nothing. If you are still just as mean and harsh and bitter as you was before you started the process, you might want to go back to the drawing board because you're not abiding in the, in the vine. Well, God gave me a word to do this. He did give you a word to do that, but he also told you to do it his way. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire. And they are burned. Who disconnects you from the vine? The vine or you? If you abide in him, he abides in you. If you abide not in him, if you abide not in him, if you abide not in him, the deciding factor is not Jesus. The deciding factor is you. You should, he says this though, he says, he says this, if you abide in me, and this is the qualifier, and my 
words. My Logos word abides in you. You should ask of me what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So if you abide in Jesus, his words abide in you, live in you. That word abide means live in, dwell in, take up residence in you. You shall ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. He says, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and you shall be my disciples. Remember we talked about this last week? What's the qualifying of the disciple? Huh? Anybody remember? Last week talked about what's the qualifying of the disciple? One, you anybody who, who believes and has faith in the name of Jesus and continues in his word. Then are you his disciples indeed and you should know the truth. The truth will make you free. What's the other qualifier? If you are, how will people know that you are truly Jesus' disciples? By the number of groups you go to. By the number of small groups you go to. By the number of people that you feed. Nope, none of that matters. How to, by your love, one towards another. They will not know, your, know, your, know that you are a disciple, a student, a learner, a follower of Jesus, simply because you say, I go to this group. Simply because you say I'm in this small group. Simply because you, I say I do this, I do that. That is not the determining factor whether or not you are a disciple. I got, he says I, you got to get that part. He says because you have hung your hat on the fact that I'm doing this, so I must be a disciple. That is not a, that's not a qualifier. Particularly if you're in the group and you're not speaking love over the people that, that you've been called to, to minister to, pray for, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of that going on too. A lot. You would be surprised. We was at a church one day. I'm not gonna tell you what church we was at, but we was at a church one day and I heard the guy said, Lord, strike them down with fire. I'm like, what? Strike them down with fire right now, Lord. I looked at him, I like, what is he, Father? And I, I, I'm the kind of person, if you say something, I don't be like, that's some bull. I said, Father, you got to show me that. You got to show me that. He said, that's not love. What I say is dispatch labors across their path to do what? To minister to them. So they'll never have an opportunity to say, I never knew, I never had an opportunity. You may not be able to minister to that person. You might have to pray to some, God send somebody else to minister to them because they won't receive it from you. But you can't say God kill them. Because newsflash, you used to be them. I was praying for, for, for the church I was praying for this community and this nation. And I asked the father, I was riding the other day. He talks to me a lot when I'm in the car with, it's just him and I. And I asked the question, what is going on? Why is all this stuff going on in it, with the people and everything, particularly in the body of Christ? You know what he said, Rita? There's sin in the camp. What? He said there's sin in the camp. Sin in the camp, you're going to have to show that one to me. 
He said, it's easy. Turn with me over to Joshua chapter 7. Sin in the camp. God is about love. God is about love. He says, most, he said, many of my people can't even receive my instruction because of this sin right here. He says, it's going, he said, it's running rampant in the church. He said, it's running rampant. Okay. I know. Calm down, Jerry. I got it. Joshua chapter seven, verse one says this, but the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regards to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Kamai, the son of Zadai, the son of Zerai, the son from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was warned against the sons of Israel. Now, Joshua sent men from Jericho, remember they just had a great victory at Jericho, to Ai, which, was, which is near Beth Haven, east of Bethel, and said to them, go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all these people go down, go up. Only about two or 3,000 men need to go up to Ai. Do not make all these people toil up there, for they are few. Now, they just took out Jericho, which at the time was the most fortified city. They had never lost a battle. Jericho, Jericho had never been penetrated, ever. And God caused the children of Israel to walk around Jericho seven days, six days, walking around at once, saying nothing. On the seventh day, they walked around. They gave out a loud shout, hello. And then the walls came tumbling down. They just had that victory, a fortified city that had never had been defeated. Now they come into this little Ai. They come to Ai, and this is why just because you got victory in the area one way does not mean you can lean to your own understanding and continue to do things the same way you did. Just because God used that method that time does not mean that you use that method every time. Are y'all listening to me? Just because you, because you overcame it that way that time does not mean it's the same way God's going to do it the next time. But because they, it never, oh, don't get ahead. So, so they, they went, they took the 3,000 people. So about 3,000 men from the people went up, but they, but they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Sherebim and struck them down on the descent to the hearts of the people and the hearts of the people melted and became as water. There's two issues there. One, it never said God told him to go against Ai. Never said that. If you go back and read it, it never says that God said, go against Ai. It's something that they decided to do because they was walking after they just whooped Jericho, surely. So they go, they go, they go. Or better yet, they didn't inquire of God and ask what the plan was. Even if he might have said, hey, I want you to go do X, Y, Z. They did not inquire of the Lord to find out what was the plan. He goes on to say this. So 
Let me see where I was at. Okay. So the, the people's heart melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth on his face before the Lord, ark of the Lord, until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heart, on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring this people over the Jordan only to deliver us up to the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say since Israel has turned their back before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and they will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? So the Lord, so Joshua is before the Lord, and he's he's laying out his case. What's he doing? Is he praying or is he complaining? He's complaining. He's whining. How many of y'all go in prayer whining? Don't raise your hand. Oh, Lord, why? Lord, why you let this happen? Lord, if you would have known this, then if I'd have known it, Lord, I would have never did this, and I'd have never, and why, why? And what did God say? What did God say? And the Lord said to Joshua, rise up. Why is it that you are fallen, have fallen on your face? Israel has taken some of the things under the ban. No, Israel has sinned and, and they have also trans, transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their back before their enemies, for they have become a curse. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the, the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God, the God of Israel, there are things under the ban in your midst. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban of your midst. I asked him the question. What do you mean that there is there is sin in it camp? He says they are not able to stand before their enemies and they are getting defeated on every side because the, of this sin that's in the camp. And I asked them, Father, what is the sin that's in the camp that keeps them from standing before their enemies and they're and they're running away? He says, pride. He says you got to deal with the pride. They got to deal with the pride. He says, you cannot help others identify pride in their lives if you haven't addressed the pride that is in your own life. That's, 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 the, that's the sin in the camp. Pride. AI was supposed to be easy to beat, but they got beat up by a little bitty small place. Why? Because they violated the command that God had gave them when they came out of Jericho. He told them, don't take nothing. And whatever you take, whatever you take belongs to the Lord. Whatever spoil you take belongs to the Lord. Whatever you get belongs to the Lord and is consecrated, it belongs to God. 
but somebody decided that they was going to, they was going to, they were smarter than God and they took some stuff anyway and they hid it. They hid it. So nobody knew what was going on. So they didn't understand why they should have been able to easily defeat this situation, but they got their butt kicked and they didn't understand why. So Joshua, like I would do as, as, as the head, what I do, I go before God, I'm praying, I'm supplicating and I'm praying for everyone and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying. And he interrupts just like he did with Joshua. Why are you talking to me about this? There is sin in the camp. I said, what is the sin? Sir, I ask, I, I don't ever start with none of y'all. I always start with me. Father, is there, am I in sin? Am I missing it somewhere? Where is it that I'm missing it? And he says, the sin in the camp is pride. I said, okay, you're going to have to give me something on that. He says, 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15 says this, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If you, if anyone who loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the boastful pride of life is not from the father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away and also is lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. What is the will of God? To love God first and to love others. To love God first and to love others. Why is he saying that pride is a pit? He says pride is actually a pitfall. He says this. He says in, in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, he said pride goes before destruction and a Holy Spirit before stumbling. It is better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Pride. What is pride? What is pride? Pride is arrogance. Proud is being presumptuous, being presumptuously pride, proud. I'm going to give you these last two, and this is where we're going to stop. I'm going to tell you this. God hates pride. I'm going to give you the six things that God hates. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 says this. These six things the Lord hates, indeed seven are abomination to him. A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and under us, underestimate others. A lying tongue and hands that, are, that shed innocent blood. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans feet that are swift and run into evil, a false witness who breaks, who breathes out lies, even under oath, and he who sows discord among the brothers. He says, that is one, though, that is one of the number one issues that's going on in the church today. There is discord among the brothers because people are, are in pride. See, somebody, a, a title doesn't make you any more doesn't make you any better than anybody else. Just means there's a different call on your life. But to not be able to receive correction means that you are you have what's known as a haughty spirit. 
haughty means lifted up. For, for kids not to be able to receive correction from their parents means they operate in pride. For parents not want to give instruction to their children when the word of God tells them that's what you're supposed to do means you're operating in pride. For somebody to, to be a leader and not be able to ever receive instruction from any other leaders means you're operating in pride. For somebody to come into the body of Christ or into a local assembly and cause discord means you're operating in pride. And with pride, it says a haughty spirit goes before destruction and a fall. So what is the father tell, is telling the church? Tell him pastors. I talked to another pastor last week. I just messaged him to tell him, hello. I love you. I was just thinking about you. And he said, hey, did you see, did you see my message today? And I said, I, I got the link, but I hadn't listened to it yet. I listened to the link. I listened to the message last week. You know what's funny? He taught the basically the same message we taught last week. And we never talked. And you know what it's talking about? Operating in the love of God. So I'm telling you, as a, as a father who loves the body, as a father who loves all of you, this, you got to correct this sin. You got to get this sin out of your camp or your camp is going to come tumbling down. Now me, he told this to me. I said, are you telling this to me? Because the first place I dealt with it was with me. Then I came and talked to the queen. And if there's any issues that's going on that we need to address in our house and everything, or, and then the next thing is bring it to, bring it to the, bring it to the house, bring it to the house, this house, bring it to the, those who will watch, bring it to those who will listen, because this sin is running rampant. It's the very thing that caused Lucifer to become Satan. Pride was found in his heart. And because pride was found in his heart, he rebelled against God. Only by pride comes contention, but with the well of eyes is wisdom. Proverbs 13, 10. Only by being arrogant, proud, presumptuously gives quarreling, contentions, and debates and strife, which is one, one of the main things that God hates. So, with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody walking or talking except you've been assigned. We never want, like to leave it that way. We never, we always believe in acting out on the word. And you've heard a lot today. Number one, you found out that it is a command to love God. It's not optional. It's a command to love God. It's not optional. It's a command to love God. It's also a command for you to love others like God has loved you. To do anything else other than that, you will operate in pride. If you got strife in your house, it's because you got pride in your house. If you got contentions, whether it's with mothers and fathers, whether it's with uh, children, with their children, whatever, uh, siblings, whatever the case may be, if you got contentions, a strife, or debates at all, there is pride somewhere in that situation. And God is saying, I love you so much. I spent this entire time trying to tell you this is the command. You got to address the pride. Because judgment is coming. So whatever hand bound, every eye closes, nobody walking or talking unless you've been so aside. Repeat this after me, dear Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I make a decision to repent and turn from pride right now. If there's any pride in my heart, 
reveal it unto me now. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as it removed from me now, I make a decision to walk in your love first towards you, then towards others. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I receive your free offer of forgiveness. And as far as the east is from the west, has this sin been removed from me? In Jesus' name, amen. If you've never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord to save your life to today, I'd like to give you that opportunity. It's the simplest thing you could do. All you have to do is repeat this prayer after me, confess it out of your mouth, meaning with your heart, you will come back and right standing with him right now. Say, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my burdens for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I'm sorry, Lord. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I receive your love right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I receive it. I'm saved, healed, delivered, protected, and made whole. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the very first time, I'd like to welcome you into the kingdom, welcome you back in right standing with God, welcome you back into the body of Christ. Now, what do you do next? You got to get in a word-based church which teaches you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It teaches you about the love of God and how to operate according to the kingdom of God. We believe Ignite is that place. If you are looking for a church home, we'd love to have you join us every Sunday morning right now from 9.30 to from 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Or if you're too far away and you can only catch us online, just click on our YouTube channel, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever way you're watching this platform. Or you can follow us on the platform, our podcast platform that's on Spotify, uh, Google uh, pod, podcasts or Apple podcasts at ignitetolife.com. That's Ignite to Life podcast. And we'd love to have you follow along with us. So on behalf of Minister Juin and myself and the entire Ignite Nation, first of all, we want to thank you for joining us today. We want to miss, wish you a, a Merry Christmas because it will be Christmas before you'll see us here again next week on the 26th. And be safe out there. Remember, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Thank you.